Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back, everyone, to part two. You have been strung out on some very rude tenterhooks uh, for for a while now, as Robin set a very rude pub quiz. Uh, and as Alex drains his Bonoffi mead. <laughs> Cheerio! You'll, you'll see. I, I might not be able to answer anything anymore. You've kept me waiting for so long between part one to two. I'm I'm absolutely sozzled. <laughs> Star of stage and screen, Alex Vlahos is here. Uh, you will know him from Versailles, Merlin, Outlander, and he is currently starring in Sanditon. Yeah, I've, I've 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 changed the mountains for the beach, which is much I highly recommend. Uh, well, we'll talk a bit about that later, but we must we must hear these rude answers, Robin. Thanks, John. Yes. So, question one was: How many times is the F word used in Scarface? What do you reckon, Alex? I've, I've gone for a, I've gone for around three hundred. Three hundred, nice, John. I've gone one hundred eighty-six. That's a good one because John, you are closer because it's two hundred and seven. Oh, I'm pretty damn close. Two hundred and seven, and there was a rumor, which I'm not sure is true, that Tony Montana himself uses the words one hundred and eighty-two times, which is where Blink One Eight Two got the name from. But I don't know if that's true. That would be very good if good that factoid. was true. Good factoid. Yeah. Question two in our rude quiz: In what year was the F word first spoken on BBC television? And a bonus point if you know who said it. It's quite a hard one. Alex, what, what are you saying? I've gone for 1997, and I've gone for Tim Bacon on Blue Peter by accident. Okay. Did he really say the F word on Blue Peter? He just looks like a guy that might have slipped up, in my opinion. Ninety-seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, John, what have you gone for? I've gone much earlier. I've gone 1962, and I've said Joan Bakewell. Like it, John. Again, you're closer because it's 1965, and the reason I thought you might get it, which is which is ra- rather a, rather reaching, but because it was Kenneth Tynan, the theatre critic, oh. in 1965, he was no. on a <laughs> he was on a live TV debate, and he dropped the f bomb. Although it is a bit controversial, who said the f word first? One of the claimants is Miriam Margulies, who says she she claims she was on University Challenge in 1963 and said the f word when she got a question wrong. 
I really believe that because have you seen I've I, I've worked with I've worked with Miriam on a couple of audio dramas and she is she's <laughs> yeah <laughs> she is the, she has the worst potty mouth but it all comes from a place of love you know so it's not someone that just curses her, curses her documentaries she's, are fantastic the ones the ones she made about aging and the ones she made about uh, sort of travel and people who have she went there with Alan Cumming didn't she she went to travel around Scotland with Alan Cumming which is the most absurd pairing because Alan's this sort of sprightly sphinx <laughs> and Miriam is complaining every time because they're having to sort of traipse up a Scottish hill or something I don't know it's lovely question three was Radio 1's chart show in 1993 Bruno Brooks accidentally played the unedited version of which song which contains 15 instances of the F word Alex I've gone for um, for a Beastie Boys track. Okay. Because I feel like that might be in the right ballpark, but I, I can't really remember. Similar ballpark, potentially. John, do you know? I've gone Killing in the Name of. Yeah, you're bang right, John. It was Killing in the Name. Bruno Brooks accidentally pay- played it on Sunday Tea Time. oh not even not even like the the early drive home you know the 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 zero to to 4 a.m sort of slot where people really are listening it was prime time sunday listening wow at what point did he realize i think he'd left the studio like gone out or something because they played the whole track i think gone for a wee yeah (laughs) he's got he just slaps on play and walks out and thinks that'll show him Brilliant. I love it. Yeah. It's happened to John, hasn't it? You played a track that had the F word in it. Was that right? Do tell, John. Yes. Uh, yeah. It was um, Seamus Fogarty. Uh, so, but that, my, my, my producer took the blame because I'd said I'd like to play this track and they said, yeah, and they should have checked it. So oh, it's sort of that sounds fault. like passing the buck to me. Passing the fuck. <laughs> that sounds very much like a, conserva- like a conservative party yes. move, doesn't it? There, there you go. Very, very, very on point there, John. Very on brand. There we go. So John wins that one. Very well done. Thank you. Yeah, I was quite pleased with my performance there. Anyway, we head back to this crazy, crazy, beautiful, cosy and dangerous pub. Imagine I'm thinking of it almost like a sort of like Nordic ski chalet type vibe. Lots of fires. Maybe the odd hot chocolate knocking around. For sure. For the kids. Uh, Also, the the odd people knocking around because it's got an ice skating rink in there. Um, but what spirits are you having, Alex? Are you a spirit drinker? So, I am. A, I'm a very big spirit drinker. I um, so I recently, a friend of mine came back from Canada. She's she's Canadian, and she came over and she brought this bottle. And listen, so I was told by a friend of mine who was a fellow actor called Owen Mack, an Irish, that I said I can't drink whiskey. It just does not. I don't think I'm. I don't think my palate is ready for it and he's and this is when I was in my mid-20s he said when you turn 30 your palate will change and I did not believe him and I still don't believe him but I got given this bottle of whiskey from a friend who came back from Canada and I'm just going to show it to you now because I don't quite know how to pronounce it because I'm guessing it's French Canadian so sortilege sortilege what do you say that would be I don't know sortilege sortilege and it is Canadian whiskey with maple syrup. Wow, the liqueur. sweet tooth strikes again. I know, and it is honestly. This was given to me two days ago. Oh, oh wow. Jesus I'm not lying to you. It's, it, no, I mean two months ago. But listen, uh, but it's 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 unbelievable. It blew my mind, and um, I sent her many many a video just with me just slowly sipping it, saying how wonderful it was. Beautiful. I wonder if you might like. There's a version of that. Or not a version of that because I haven't tasted that. But there's something similar that you can get in like supermarkets called Glaver, which is like a sort of whiskey liqueur. So it's quite a honeyish type. It's about sort of twenty two percent. 
It, so how 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 strong is the sortilège? The sortilège is thirty percent. Ah, Ooh, la, la. that's got a bit more of a kick to it. But the glaver you might like. It comes in quite an oddly shaped glass. I'm quite intrigued by the sortilège because. Shall I read you a bit of its um, backstory? Yes, please. It's the bewitching blend of two Canadian specialities, the complexity of their whiskey and the sweetness of their maple syrup. A perfect enveloping combination. Enjoy it on its own or on ice. Sounds wonderful, doesn't it? I wonder if it might... Because the problem I have with whiskey is just instant heartburn. Instant. Before the whiskey's even hit the stomach, I've got heartburn. And I wonder if the sort of calming, soothing... Uh, maple syrup element might might stop that. Mm. It's it's wonderful, and um, I had it with ice, and I had it without ice, and and it's I just think it's and the thing about we with so I work with on Outlander working with um, Sam Hewen, who's obviously plays Jamie Fraser, and he has his own whiskey company called Sassanac, um, and they've just branched out into tequila as well. So um, he's trying to get trying to put Dwayne the Rock Johnson out of money with his tequila company, and and. I, and it's 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 something that I just I can't understand the complexities of it. I can't. I, it doesn't with wine. I feel like I'm there. I feel like I can sort of find the notes within a wine and and be able to talk at a very base level about what it's like. But with whiskey, it all horribly for some reason other people t- taste the same for me or just my palate's not ready for it. It really doesn't sound like it's ready for it at all. It took me a long, long time to get into whiskey and and, and just. Yeah, but it was just the introduction of water. It was like, oh, right. It's like squash. <laughs> I mean, it's not like squash. <laughs> this much water, that much whiskey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think part of the problem is, like, you could quite easily, in the space of an evening, taste three different wines. It's quite rare that you're actually able to compare five different whiskeys. And I had some friends who I was quite jealous of in New York because they like bourbon, and they we went to this... Uh, restaurant but they did these flights of whiskey so you get like five half shots and they were sort of really getting off on on all the differences between them whereas I just smelt the first one was like Ugh, it smells like petrol I'm not gonna go but I think if you can get to someone to sort of instruct you on the differences they might become clearer mm. because whoever has like five bottles of whiskey in their house at the same time me well, Rob, yeah. <laughs> Lots of people do, yeah. but you wouldn't necessarily drink five different whiskeys of an evening. Five in a yeah. night, you would know, of course you wouldn't know, yeah. Um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's my first um, That's my first uh, spirit, is, nice. my, is this uh, sortilege. So what's your second spirit? Well, on brand, I feel like, um, I'm just going to show it to you guys. It's um, it's Merlin. It's Bailey's, but it's it's from Pandarin. It's from it's from it's from the Pandarin whiskey, um, the whiskey distiller in 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 Mid Wales. It's Pandarin Distillery, and um, they do whiskey, but they also do Merlin, which is Welsh mm. cream liquor. So basically, a version uh. of Bailey's, but it's but it's Merlin and, and spelled spelled. Is with it a y. superior to Bailey's in every <laughs> sir? It is magnificent, and I'm gonna. I'm, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm just. Doing... Oh, this is so nice wow, watching all of these. Oh, look oh, at that look tiny at little. That. It's like yeah. Alice in Wonderland bottle. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm. I'm just a giant. This is. This is a normal bottle, sir. Mm. But yeah, it's. It's unbelievable. The smell is gorgeous, and I don't know why, but obviously I'm. You know, I'm always. I'm like. I'm like Alice in this regard. If, if I can support a Welsh company, I will. And um and, yeah, it's um it's 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 beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So cheers, cheers. cheers. 
So can you tell us a little bit about Sanderton as that Merlin liqueur coats your throat with, with honey oh, yes. and dream? So I'm, I'm playing this wonderful Byronic character called Charles Lockhart, who comes to Sanderton to, um, to paint and portraits. He's a portraitist. And he um, immediately gets unraveled with a, with a love interest, of course. And um, yeah, so Sanderton was cancelled by ITV in 2019. And the fans brought it back. They're a, they're a collective called Sandton Sisterhood. And they did some amazing marketing campaigns. The biggest marketing campaign they did was they paid an artist to to cover the beach down by in Ross and Wye in, with like, beautiful art, sand art. And it got lots of attention. A masterpiece, PBS, PBS Masterpiece in America, decided to um, bring it back after two years. So it's, it's a whole full of Jane Austen loveliness and get to work with some wonderful people like Chris Marshall and Anne Reid and and all those wonderful people. So yeah, I, I, I literally last year, I mean, the COVID year was the COVID year. But you know, then last year, I started Outlander on January the 6th, and I finished in May, I had a month off. And then I went straight to Bristol and finished on December the 12th. So it was a big year of period dramas for me yes, last year. Yeah. And how long is that running for? Mm. So episode one came out, just past Sunday, so six episodes, and and also we we film season two and season three back to back. So season three is coming out this time next year. So yeah, it's um, it was a lot. It was a lot, but it was it's so much fun, so much fun. And my character, he's um, he's kind of t- they described him as a sort of the David Bowie of Sanderton. He just he just he's a rock star basically. He's the equivalent of what I think people would be wanting selfies with him and autographs, you know. So it was this. It was especially in an Austin world where those characters, the gentlemen are so uptight and don't say anything and they're so, oh, darling, no, I can't, you know, very... Um, I got to break all the rules, you know, I got to not wear a hat, not wear a, carry a cane, he sort of puts his feet up, so that, you know, he lights cigarettes, he lights his cigars from Candelabrias in the room, he doesn't really care, so it's this, such a joy to play, you know, and when you, especially coming from, coming from Outlander and filming in the darkest depths of Scotland... Having a beach was great. <laughs> so much fun. Well, speaking of Byronic figures, Byron is, I think, reimagined in the lovely Robin Allender. He's a sort of a Rob Iron, a lovely Rob Iron. Minus the club foot. Yes, minus the club foot and the opium. But Robin, you have a little library here at the Moon Underwater, which you fill with many a publy tome. I hand over to thee. Thanks, John, and welcome to the Pub Library. This week I thought, Alex, you have been in Macbeth. And did you, were you the lead? I played Malcolm. So really, the, the proper lead, who is the rightful heir, the rightful heir of Scotland. Yeah, I, I worked, yeah, I was with um, Kenneth Branagh. Sir Kenneth Branagh. Sir Ken. You were up against yeah, Branagh. Yeah, Sir Ken, we did, we did. I was up against Branagh and, you know, and Ken was also directing so he was he was Maccas and he was also the director, which is I can't describe to you the biggest head fuck you've ever heard because you're on stage you're in rehearsals with him and he's Macbeth and mid pentameter he turns and he's like I think you should be over there do you not think that works better and you're like looking at him as if he's and he just goes back into it I've never known he's borderline genius borderline psychopath Ken for me he's he's he tries that beautiful line of compartmentalizing his brain in that way i just couldn't do it you know just be able to be him and direct a company of 16 men that must have been extraordinary to to do and also i mean i love macbeth i mean and 
I, the reason I chose Macbeth for the pub library is because obviously you've been in it, but also there's a great bit of light relief in there to do with alcohol. Yeah, so I was wondering when your version, going to see Macbeth, is very... It's obviously a very, very dark play. <laughs> um, sorry, should we? Do you mind me saying the words Macbeth? Is it bad luck to you? Or if I can... No, it's fine. You can as long as oh, you're right. doing the theatre. You know, when, we're, we're, in in, we're in a pub. So yeah, say um, all you want. Hot potato <laughs> to commence. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what, how does the porter scene in that production? It was wonderful, actually. We, well, because we did it. We did it first in Manchester, the Manchester International Festival, and we did it in a deconsecrated church for two hundred people. So it was the pews, and it was this long sort of thrust stage with and it was mud and in the we had the, we did we actually did the battle sequence at the start and it rained inside the, inside the church we had rain for five minutes we got soaked and um and then we they said we were going to broadway so we're like oh my god next year we're going to broadway so we played in the park avenue armory which is this huge abandoned distillery in the middle of in the middle of manhattan and we did it for a thousand people per night so we went from 200 to a thousand and um, I went out and had drinks with Ben Stiller. And on the press night party, the only two people that were standing was me and Glenn Close because the Stanley Cup was on. And I was a Kings fan and she's a Rangers fan. And they were both in the final of the Stanley Cup. So we stayed up until about 4 a.m. dancing on the tables with Glenn Close. But that's not your question. The question is, how was the porter scene? The, 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 the porter scene. So we had two different porters. We had two different actors. Daniel Lings played the porter in Manchester. And I forget the actor's name. was a wonderful actor called Tom. And it, I do think it all is down to the person that plays the porter. Because it's the only bit in Shakespeare, in Macbeth where it's not pentameter, it's verse. It's, I'm um, sorry, so it's so, it's not verse, sorry. So it's um, prose. So it's, the rhythms are gone. So I find it, it's, it's down to someone who's incredibly funny, who listens to the audience, knows how to play those. And also how drunk do you play the porter? Because if the porter's smashed, it can make for a very incredibly funny start. <laughs> But after a while, you're like, is that it? <laughs> is that all you've got? Whereas actually, if the, if the, for an hour, when the porter just gradually got more and more drunk. So towards the end, when the cuckoo flies, it's almost like he's, like he's been woken out of a, of a sleep drunk paralysis. And I, it's funny because, like you said, it is absolutely light relief. It's, it's the bit where it allows the audience to go, <gasps> before, the, before, you know, it all kicks off again, before Maccas is crowned. So it's, it's yeah, it's... Because I've seen it be very, very funny. I saw Pete Postlethwaite play Macbeth once, which was brilliant. God, what a wonderful actor. I saw him play King Lear at the, at the Young Vic, and I think he died a year later. Mate, what a wonderful actor. But I've also seen it be almost a bit weird, because it just sits in the middle of the play, you know, and people don't really know what to think, because it's like, <laughs> yeah. why is there... This, Some people cut it. Anyway. Some people cut it, you know, but I, but it, it's, I do think it's... There's mo- Shakespeare writes things in for actors to have time off. So there's the main, in Macbeth, there's the England scene, which, which is between Malcolm oh, yeah, and Oh, yeah, that's a really long it's scene, the longest, yeah. It's the, it's the long Is this scene. the one where Macduff's basically saying, oh, what if I'm the bad You need to come, yeah, well, yeah, well. Uh, yeah, yeah, what if I'm the bad guy? Malcolm's saying, you are the bad guy, I can't reign Scotland. And it's this great play where Malcolm turns around and says, I've been having you on, I'm already taking troops to Scotland, fret not, I just wanted to see if I could trust you. That's a five and a half page unbroken scene between two actor, two two characters. And it's literally just to give the actor playing Macbeth a time to have a fag. That's so to go, weird. Whoa, yeah. you know, it's it's literally there for that reason, you know. And, and you know, it's the same in Hamlet with... And do you know what? I, I know we're going to... Uh, this feels like the perfect segue. I don't want to do your jobs for you, but the name of my pub is is based on a Shakespeare quote. Can Amazing. I oh, you can't, you can't name the pub before the end or the pub will explode. Sorry, I, apo- I apologise. Okay, so th- anyway, oh gosh, you're quite right. John's here's <laughs> outstanding for it as yeah. well. Though. Well, R- Rob, do you want to read a bit from the Porter scene? 
I'd love to. Is, is it? So shall I be Macduff and you be the porter? All right, let's give this a go, shall we? We have to. We must. I can't believe it. I'm, fa- I'm like Branna. I'm facing up. <laughs> Was it so late, friend, ere you went to bed, that you do lie so late? Faith, sir, we were carousing till the second clock. And drink, sir, is a great provoker of a three things. What three things does drink especially provoke? Marry, sir, nose painting, sleep, and urine. Lechery, sir, provokes and unprovokes. It provokes the desire, but takes away the performance. <laughs> Therefore, much drink may be said to an equivocator with lechery. It makes him, and it mars him. It sets him on, and it takes him off. It persuades him, and it disheartens him. Makes him stand to, and not stand to. In conclusion, equivocates with him in a sleep, and giving him... The lie leaves him. I believe drink gave thee the lie last night. Oh, yes, that it did, sir. The very throat on me. But I requited him for his life, and I think, being, well, too strong for him, though he took up my leg sometimes, yet I made a shift to cast him. <laughs> Whoa. I don't know why that character came out. That was a very so committed. Listen, could, Loved it. Very good. Very good. <laughs> you can't... You can't ask me to do anything half-assed. Talk, talk, my publicist and my agent will back you, back me up on that. If it if it hadn't been for Robin's textbook Macduff, <laughs> I, I I think the porter would really have shone through yeah, there. But I you know. would just I didn't know how to t- just know. in the shadow of a of one of the great Shakespearean actors of our age. I mean, how was I meant to do it? I mean, I don't know how to read Macduff. I was doing well, it's my very best. hard with two lines yeah. <laughs> to like really get into the character. You did it so so well. Thank you. you. Did it so so well. That was so great. great. Thank you for stuff. doing that. What a treat! <laughs> what an exclusive Shakespearean actory here at the Moon Underwater, and what better place for it? Because Shakespeare used to come in here many many moons ago, before him Chaucer, before him the Beowulf author. And and before him, Jesus. So we have a long <laughs> legacy of great authors. But we also don't just have a stage. All the world's a stage. Uh, we also have a jukebox. All the world is not a jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> but what record would you like to add to the Moon Underwater jukebox, Alex? Possibly the album that I listen to. It's my go-to, but it's not particularly happy. It's... Um, Radiohead in Rainbows. Ah. I think it's possibly one of the most perfect albums ever. And I'm and I'll stand by that and I'll yeah, fight you both for it if you disagree. I had a like a special edition pre-press promo copy of In Rainbows, which I never opened and then sold on eBay five years later. So I'm not the expert here, but Robin, you will have thoughts on In Rainbows. Well, it was just a revolutionary album in some ways because of the way it was released. You, do you remember buying it, where they kind of you could set your own price and everything? I think you could set your own price online and stuff like that. This is, this is them trying to f- compete against, I guess, the rise, well, the, the decline of Napster and the rise of YouTube and Spotify and iTunes as well. They wanted to try and beat the sort of the downloady chart of iTunes and that that sort of thing, which I kind of yeah. Admire, really. And it was I mean, remember in two thousand seven when it came out that it was I was playing in a band and we were touring. And every venue we went to, the sound man was playing in rainbows because it just sounded amazing. And the guitars are just so clean and crisp, you know, on weird fishes. And the songs are amazing. Tommy York's voice is amazing. Video 
videotapes the last song, right? This videotape, yeah. Yeah, it is. The, my favorite song is "Jigsaw Falling Into Place," and it's, it's on my and it's and the music video is just them in a hotel room. It's black and white, and they've all got these. I think this is before GoPro, but a version of GoPro where they've got these bicycle helmets on their head and and they're sort of, they look like a Dalek. They've got this black sort of tube coming out of their heads and the camera's sort of zipped around, but the camera's massive. It's like a Kodak brownie. It's huge. And they're, and they're, and and they're, and obviously the time the drum moves and the drum's drum's moving his head, the camera moves up and down. They just cut between them. There's no wide shot. It's not really particularly uh, well, uh, done but it's but you think actually it's probably the most it's the cleverest of all because they've just they've it looks thrown together but actually it's probably very well calculated knowing like the guy on youtube who films the trains with the (laughs) camera he's brilliant with that with a gopro head and 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 he's got the biggest balloon head and his little tiny feet are just he's like this he's he's like a he's like a funko my funko pops over here but like um but yeah he's um so that's yeah, that's my album. I, I remember listening to it in two thousand and seven, and it was between my first and second year of drama school, and um, it just um, takes me back to that time. And I wrote a play based on one of the songs back in drama school as well. I just it, it, it creatively fulfilled. Me, oh, if that makes sense. And would sense. you feel it fulfills your? Were it to be on in your pub when you come in with everyone skating? Would that be quite a strange scene? There are some apps. I think there are some absolute bangers on there which make people skate quite quickly to the bar. But there's also, and there's a couple of nice tunes on there that for those like you, John, sat around a, a fire pit with your hot chocolate and possibly convinced to go onto the to the orange wine. That There's some nice ones that you won't feel like you have to shout oh, that's nice. over. And your conversations would be nice. But then sometimes you'll feel like maybe the conversation is slowing down a bit and you're not particularly talking to this person because you don't particularly like them and then the banging tong comes on next and you can you know grab a lift with one of those passenger skaters and hike your way to N- the bar Nudes on that album isn't it that's a beautiful song yeah it is, There's it a, is. I mean there are some great YouTube videos about what time signature videotape is in if you want to really lose a few hours <laughs> oh is there <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's really good fun uh, yeah but yeah it's a beautiful album that's great We have this superb podcast called We Didn't Start the Fire, the only podcast started by Billy Joel. It is the most original, fascinating, and random way to learn the story of the 20th century. Oh, pretty darned random. And we are joined by some pretty incredible guests. I only wrote stuff that I wanted to hear. If it turned out to be a hit, it was pure dumb luck. With me, Katie Puckrick. And me, Tom Fordyce. This is We Didn't Start the Fire, the only podcast started by me, Billy Joel. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Well, with In Rainbows blaring out or softening, as is its want, uh, we have one more choice to fill your bar. So far, we have Carling and Red Stripe, White Sancerre from the Loire, Bodegas Morazza Rioja, Orange Wine, Sortilege, Whiskey Liqueur, and Merlin Penderin, Baileys in inverted commas. So what's the final choice going to be, Alex? Um, I could not, not put this one in because I think it's... <laughs> I think it's like uh, an actor's go-to whenever you're at uh, a members club in London. It's this wonderful bottle of, well, it's espresso martini. Oh, it's a dangerous um, beast. It is a timorous beast, <laughs> my friend. It is. It absolutely is. It's um, it's it's dangerous, and also you really do need to time it, which I love. Which is what I love about this. You do. If you have it too late, you will suffer with insomnia. You will not sleep. But if you have it too early, you will peak too early and have the slumps. So it's about, I think for me, it's it's an 8.30, 9pm. Do thing. you? Wow. The, I was going to say yes. 5-ish. What? I was going to say 11. It's 11 in the morning? No, at night. 11pm? Oh, wow. Yeah, because you want it between the pub and the club. I think it's sort of the first drink. <laughs> when did you last go to a club shop? <laughs> In Edinburgh, the festival, I'll have you know, sometimes I stay out till 3am, but not as much as I used to. But so when you're moving from the pub to like an artist's bar, it's a good first pick-me-up when you've had maybe four or five pints and you're going to move on to cocktails or spirits. Sure, okay. But yeah, the problem is you wake up at four in the morning with your heart just racing. I think I used to be the 11pm one, but now I think now I'm getting older and wiser. I feel like now I do it at early, about half eight, nine, and then it pushes me through. It's, it's lovely to have just after you've had a nice, a nice hearty meal, a nice, you know, you've had your main food, a nice glass of espresso martini and then off. You yeah. Go. Also, note to any cocktail bars out there, if you're going to serve espresso martinis, can you pre-make the espressos? and just put them in the fridge in a big jug. I don't want you to have to make a coffee every time someone orders a drink that people want, oh, I want six espresso martinis. And suddenly, someone's faffing around at a coffee machine for half an hour. Old Johnny Cider is there thinking, I just want a pint. I know. It, and also, I think the, the client, the, the, the pubs should cater, either to have them stocked up or just not do them at all, because uh, yeah, know who your clientele are. Yeah, just pre-mix it, put it in the fridge, give, have a little stir well, listen, in there. There's, 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 this, there's this company um, uh, called Clemson's and Sons, and they, they do this, they do it by the bottle. You just put it straight in the fridge, and they're putting it out, and, it's, and it has the foam on it and everything, it's, and it's wonderful. A little coffee bean? Do you put a little coffee bean on top I, of it? I mean, I'm not, I'm not that far on to being a wanker, no. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm, li- I'm close. I'm close because I, I buy the bottles of espresso martini, but I'm not. I haven't gone full, full dickhead and put all the coffee beans <laughs> at the top. No. <laughs> You're bad. Well, speaking of wankers, what do you want to bar from your dream pub? What behaviour or person or thing really grinds your gears? Okay, so it's the red cups that Americans have to play the, play the drinking games, ah. the peer pongs. But I, but that I feel like red cups because this is kind of like a room one hundred and one thing, isn't it? It feels like I feel like I need to explain. It's not just it's not red cups in general, but it's it's American drinking games. It's, it's the it's the atmosphere that oh nice it's what they stand for yeah and, and it's the chads I call them chads the the chads there's a certain type of American jock that it's the like look at me look at me smash you with ping pong and then drink some shots and I went to a, a barbecue last summer and there was two of them there and and I had to go up to their I had to go up to one of those rooms because I was like he's clearly high on something and he was high on protein shakes clearly was he was stocked, the whole whole wall stocked with them and I just. Yeah, and I nicknamed him Chad, and it stuck in my head. So yeah, and it's it's the it's the attitude towards drinking, and that it's like not for enjoyment's sake. It's to get drunk and leery, and and the 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 mythos and the the thing that they bring with it is something that I do not want in my pub at all. Especially because of the ice rink, I felt like there was a fear with it could attract them. It could attract some sort of jockey type people you know and and also like you said there could be fisticuffs which i do not want and i feel like those types of people with those drinks will will immediately have i just don't i can't remember the last time in my life drinking has been a competitive game ever really and it's become that especially in i mean especially in universities and stuff like that but i i also go to a barbecue just enjoy the barbecue sit around talk to each other enjoy the food but there's this big ping pong table in the middle and dominates the space and it's about who's winning. And it just takes away any sort of thing of just me. Like, I wanted to come and have a burger, but now, I'm, now I don't want to come at all, you know. So I, I, it's the atmosphere that and I think is beautifully personified in what the American Red Cup stands for. So that's, I feel like that's, that's my one. It's a superb choice for something to bar. Aggressive drinking games carried out by chads using Red Cups. All of that out of the door. All of that. In one under one bell curve, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chads with chodes, they're out. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up, please! It's time. We now we teased ahead, but uh, yes, I'm sorry. It's, no, that. it's I, fine. I, I, jumped, I jumped the gun. I do, and I do not want this beautiful pub to implode or explode. Well, no, because it's almost ready for you to take away with you under your arm. But what are we going to call it? You've said it's a Shakespearean reference. Yeah. So I'm going to say a quote from from Merry Wives of Windsor to you now, which is, "Why, sir, for my part, I say the gentleman had drunk himself out of the five senses." So my pub is called The Five Senses. Ooh, that's great. Lovely. Love it. Have you read every Shakespeare play? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think I've got... I mean, Ken can, Ken can rattle every... You can say page 23 of uh, King Lear and he'd know exactly. That, that's, that's one level up. But I, I've definitely read every play, for sure, um, through either having to for an audition or through having seen the play and wanting to read more about bits that I missed. So yeah, I feel like I've got a good comprehension, but um, 
But yeah, that that quote that quote that quote sort of stayed with me since drama school, really. But I thought the five senses was quite apropos. That's really. I'm, I mean, I both Robin and I studied Shakespeare at uni. Robin did an MA in Shakespeare, and I realised the other day I don't think I've even read half of them. I did. I have never read a single history play, and I and I did an entire year of Shakespeare at uni. There was the most amazing. Um, um, Michael Boyd at the RSC did what they called the Glory Weekend, which was they started with Richard II and finished with Richard III, and they had a company of 14 actors doing it. So the same actor that played Richard II was an amazing actor called Jonathan Slinger. He also played Richard III. So, and, they, and I paid £150 and had the same seat in Stratford, and I watched them all in succession. So, what, so Richard II on Friday night, and then it finished on Sunday night with Richard III, and you went through all the Henrys. Henry Fievel and went through and it was the same company they swapped around and you had the same seat and it was it was a marathon but it was and I just amazing my dad once saw a a, a, a production where it was back to back Hamlet and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead with the same actors which I think that's very clever because I because because it's a very short play Tom Stoppard's one so and Hamlet's a tome you know so so yeah Good, very good. Well, it's been an absolute treat to have you here, Alex. Thank you so much for creating this unique pub with ice on the floor and a wood-chiselled man (laughs) bringing you your skates. You've got Carling, Redstripe, Sancerre, Bodegas, Marazza, Rioja. You've got Sortilage, Merlin, Penderin, Baileys. And you've also got Espresso Martini. The Five Senses is yours to take with you wherever you shall need it most, whether it's on set or on holes. But what track from In Rainbows would you like us to play you out today? I'd love Jigsaw falling into place, if that's okay. That'd be great. Absolutely. Your wish is our command. Fare ye well. Thank you so much, landlord and regular, Robin. Thank you very much. Thank you, and fare you well in Sanderton. May you not get too much Sanderton in your shoes. Um, I hadn't <laughs> really thought any further than that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I hope it goes well. Uh, good, l- good luck. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Honestly, it's been it's um it's been an, it's been an honour oh, and a privilege. Thank you, very oh, much. Thank, thank you so you. much. Bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 